Count Algier's party had gone particularly poorly toward the end, where all the guards showed up and turned on everyone and started slaughtering the house guests. But through quick thinking, Mick and Val were able to steal away the Count for long enough for Luca to land the killing blow. At which point something strange had happened. Everyone was frozen. Except a strange figure who had acquainted himself briefly with Lyrian and Ephron. A middle-aged man, wearing simple gray, almost tattered robes, and an array of chains around his waist and neck. He was able to free them from their bonds and led them through a portal, which everyone just stepped through, onto the other side. Everyone sort of face plants coming out of this portal. Lyrian was right. <laughs> Dang it. Lyrian actually braced himself for that. So he had his hands ready. <laughs> Everyone but Lyrian face plants. And of course the Archduke quickly recovers and kind of flutters <laughs> off your shoulder, Val. As he do. As you regain your composure and your senses, you look around. Above you is the night sky. And at your feet is dirt. Gray dirt. More akin to ash, but sort of a mix in between. Soft to the touch, but sticks to your fingers. And as you stand up collectively, the man is there, waiting, staring at you, hands folded patiently behind his back. Do I look the same as when I went through? Yes. If okay. Yeah, your disguise self Just spell has not worn off. However, the man steps forward. First, to the closest one to him, being Lyrian, and he says, Your name, please. I am Lyrian. And then he looks to Luca and he says, And you are Luca, are you not? Yes. Next is Val, and he looks you in the eyes, and as each of you make eye contact with him, you feel just a little colder. Not so much to really send a shiver down your spine, so to say, but definitely a little uneasy and he says val mess is it yes but would you prefer i called you valentine val will do val pleasure he looks at mick mickey is it hmm are we well acquainted then we can be then turning to ifran ifran said you come from a proud heritage a traveling folk are you tell me kind of gestures around him to the night sky above. Have you traveled here before? No, I have never seen anything like this place. Mm. And you, my friend, looking over at Reese, you have never seen anything like this either, have you? Relandia. That visibly makes Reese kind of reel back a little bit. But then he recomposes himself. No, I can't say that I have. Seeing as we're all in familiar company... Please, take a seat. And he sits down in a chair that simply moments before wasn't there. And almost as if, like, as his arm kind of moved out of the way when he swept his robes up to sit down, the chair was there. Please. And he gestures to behind all of you. Val just tries to sit, like, immediately, like, hoping that there's going to be a chair there. There is. Yeah! <laughs> oh, he's stoked about that. I'm, I'm so happy. <laughs> I Love was very tempted. <laughs> you see a slight I mean. smirk on his face, on, <laughs> on this man's face, and then fades. <laughs> Does everyone else sit? Yeah. 
yes. Luca has on his face, you know, the distrust is getting greater, but after after a second hesitation, he says. So the man kind of twirls his finger in the air and unravels Luca's head wrap. And taking his thumb then, just kind of miming in front of him, moves it across as if you were wiping something away. And the mark on your forehead just smudges one way, then another, then the other, and then it's gone. And in that split second, Val, will you please do a perception check? Sure. That 20. 18. All right, you definitely noticed the mark on Luca's forehead. And if you could do an arcana check for me. (laughs) I'd love to. Here we go. 20 total calc. Okay, you know that the thing that was on Luca's forehead that up to this point was hidden was what is called a mural's mark. A mural, at least according to your knowledge, is a creature from human folklore, which is a spawn of Vale, or a servant of Vale. So you're aware of that connection. Okay. Efron, you actually do a perception check as well to see if you noticed this mark before it was smudged away. Five. You did not. You simply saw the aftermath, like the little smudge, 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 gone. He looks directly at Luca and says, The thing you did tonight, I... I very wish you hadn't. But we are where we are, and now we have a problem to solve. Does this cause any sort of change, not having this mark in Luca? Does anything happen to the bone dagger as well? Or is like it just all sort of kind of... Are you holding the bone dagger? It's still in my hand. Like, I haven't gotten rid of it. Well, if you happen to look down at it, it looks more like a severed rib at this point. Not great. Um, Do I feel any changes? You hadn't felt the sort of pulse of the mark after you had killed Count Algir, and so there's no changes okay. from that. You feel I'm nothing. I'm just holding a rib in my hand. <laughs> Your rib, to be exact. We can fix this, boys. Don't worry. <laughs> Go back. Excuse me, sir. Would you mind putting this back? <laughs> Do you have any idea what it is you did? No, I don't. I didn't expect so. Though, on one hand, I think that might have just been some killing that needed to be done. Oh, no, of course, I, I agree completely. But I fear that the six of you are entangled in a web that will be very hard to free you from. At least, I myself can do very little. In a literal sense, at least. I can do much, believe me. Val, he looks over at Val. Would you be so kind as to, please, be honest with us? Laurel does not feel so hot about this, but I think Val trusts another powerful intent user. So, um, I will drop Disguise Self. If You don't have to if you don't want to. Oh, no, I want to. Okay. Val wants to. Laurel is a little unsure about that. (laughs) As Val drops Disguise Self, what does everyone else see? Uh, his clothes remain the same. He is still six feet tall. He looks to be about 18, and his skin is a dark slate gray. He has ears that are forked a little bit as points. Um, his hair is a dyed highlighter yellow. He has yellow eyes. He is an Elvaret. Does anyone know what that means? Is that similar to a changeling? Elveret are a subspecies of kin. He actually like extends his hand for you and do you take it? Sure. And he kind of just like cups your hand and he, with quite sincere eyes, just says, thank you. And then he turns to Mick and says, please, I would ask the same of you. 
And might I ask why? You know what I am. But do they? Gesturing to everyone around you. I suppose they do know what I am. I will be honest if you will be. That is my condition for this meeting. And please, let me be very clear. You are free to go at any time. Okay, upon hearing that, then Mick changes back into their original form. Which is? Changeling, and I will explain this. So, (laughs) a changeling woman, actually, and has fiery red hair, or reddish-orangish hair, white eyes, and a gray complexion. Efron is very taken aback by everything that's happening, and he does not trust anybody here. Crap. Sad. The man leans forward in his chair and performs the same gesture. And Mick takes his hand. And again, he just cups it, gives a little shake, and very sincerely says, thank you. And then he looks at you all and says, you may call me Wanderer, or the Wanderer. It's really up to you in this regard. I know I said I would be honest, but honesty, I believe, at this moment would be actually quite a disadvantage for your situation. Perhaps the less you know about me, the better off you will be in the future, should we encounter one such as Algier again, and I dare say you will. He looks toward Efron and then at Val as well, kind of just as he speaks, glancing between the two of you, and he says, Out of those that are here, you are the most familiar with this world. You've lived in it your entire lives. You're familiar with the gods. You're familiar with the realities. You're familiar with the Valors. You had a run-in tonight with two Valors. One you may know as Baterhan, in the common tongue at least. The Valor of corruption. Though some revere her as another sort. And those kind of mimics pulling strings, he says. That little puppeteering act you saw was that of Aduinium, again in the common tongue, the Velo of Deceit. Both of them working under the order of one I dare not speak his name, though I fear both of you may assume already. And he then looks to Reese, Mick, Lyrian, and Lucan and says, You are unfortunately at quite the disadvantage here. I would take the time to explain, but... It may be simply easier to do this. And he just reaches out his hands, claps his finger and his thumb together once, twice, thrice, a fourth time. And each time there's this little, like, snap of light. And this little, like, wispy thing kind of floats towards each of you and then rests level with your mouth. And he says, if you wish to know, simply imbibe it. I imbibe it. (laughs) (laughs) One moment, let me imbibe. (laughs) Does anyone not swallow the little piece of light? Reese does, but he does so hesitantly. He kind of waits to see what happens to Mick and whoever else does before him. But he does ultimately. It's very kind. (laughs) So then Mick does it. Yes, I'm the first. (laughs) Does Lyrian. Lyrian does. I have, I have a weird trust of this guy. I'm not even going to lie. I don't know why. <laughs> it is not, but uh, he'll imbibe because he has no idea what they're talking about. 
as soon as you swallow this bit of light, your mind is flooded with knowledge that you would have otherwise needed to spend hours in the library dedicating to your memory. And not just on the topic at hand, but many, many others, including languages. We'll get to that in a second. You know, all of you, that a Valor is a being that was chosen by the Ethereals, the highest of the gods, to be uplifted to a higher station, and that in the course of their life, they either failed spectacularly or outright rejected this destiny that was preordained for them. And as punishment, they were changed, that their bodies then withered away, but their spirits, or at least their consciousnesses, lived on in the void, trapped between the splendor of the ethereals and the dimness of the mortal world. When it comes to mortals, they mostly have ill intent. That is all. As I said, you have attracted the ire of ones infinitely above your station. There is a way, yes, that we can turn the tide, so to say, and cause these mishaps to be reversed. However, this evening you empowered them greatly. Count Algier was not a mortal being. Count Algier was going to become a reality. He was chosen by the gods to become something greater than himself. And though he had failed in this life, he was not going to pass to death so quickly or so elegantly as you allowed him to. In other words, he would have never become a Valor. But you, tonight, have added to the Pantheon. I must gather my thoughts and formulate a plan of sorts, but I would simply advise you all now to, to seek shelter, to recuperate yourselves, to, to gather your resources and your defenses, and perhaps we will meet on the morrow or the day after I am quite unsure currently, which is something I am not used to feeling. And he kind of gives like a little twitch of his eye. And then he shakes himself back to where he was and he says, One of you, and he looks at Reese, encountered this being I dare not speak its name before. And I believe you had an interaction with him. Did you not? I had an interaction with the being. It was awful strange. But if you say it was with him... And I believe it. Yes, yes. It was with him. Very unfortunate indeed. Again, I must must gather my thoughts. I am at a loss, for things are much worse than I had ever foreseen. And you have caused much more damage than I could have ever believed possible. You, four. And he looks between Mick, Luca, Lyrian, and Reese. You did not come here alone. There are many, many others that came here from this world. But they are all, how would you say this, accounted for. There is one, however, who has been whisked away to somewhere very far from here, deep into the lands of the kin. You know him as Vermok. Mick, Ifron, Val, I dare say you have not yet had the pleasure of making Vermok's acquaintance, but you soon shall, for... It is imperative that you find him and free him from his captors. And Reese kind of cuts him off a little bit at this, stepping forward. How do you know he is alive? Where is he? I cannot reveal to you the answers to those questions, but I would simply ask that you trust me. All I can tell you, and this is all I am allowed to tell you, 
Believe me, if I could tell you all, I would. But I cannot, for fear of revealing myself to powers higher than even me. He is in the Kinlands, deep within, on almost the westernmost part of the fell. He is in grave danger, and the longer we wait, the longer you toil in nothingness, the closer he is to his demise. You must find him, please, I beg you, and bring him back to where you started. Ifran, Val, I understand this is a bit confusing, I'm sure. But I'm sure your newfound friends could quickly fill you in on any details you may have missed along the way. And though you are from this world, I am sorry to inform you that you have drawn the same ire as these others, and your lives are also placed in great danger. Is there anything any of you would like to say or ask of me before I retire for the night? Reese just kind of takes a quick look around him. Is the entire surrounding area this desolate wasteland of gray, sandish stuff, dirt, or are there like visible landmarks that they could head towards? It spreads out into arrays of dunes. Constellation-wise, looking to the south, there are mountains. And to the west, twinkling lights, very faint. And a bit to the northeast, there are these towering mountains that at least Val and Efron would know is basically the middle of the fell. Luca turns, and he's carrying the chunk of rib that uh, well, it used to be a dagger. Ernie just says, this was once a tool of those who use us. I would have it be turned into a tool that can hunt them. He presents it to you as if that is a possibility. Wanderer takes your outstretched hands and just folds it back onto the rib and says, I'm sorry, but I cannot. You, however, should keep this, if nothing more than a reminder that you have brought down upon you and your friends a great ill. And how are we to find you again, to call upon you? I will send someone in my employ to guide you on your way. If it is that idiot, Falter, I'm not sure we will be wanting your help. That thing will have no place here. And you actually see him get rather angry, like his jaw locks up and his face is just contorted in this expression of rage for a split second and then it's gone. If you have any more questions, ask them of me. Mine is not so much a question as it is a request. Y- yes. Um, well, you have taken us quite far from where we were, which I think is probably a good idea. But there are people there who are important to me. Would it be possible for you to contact one of them and let her know I am alright? I will tell Katasandra that you are in good health. Thank you. And that you are well accounted for. And I will leave her a contingent of protectors as well. That would be much appreciated. He gives a slight smile and a head bow. Any other requests before I make my leave? Within reason, of course. How can I know more? You are eager for knowledge. I have seen that in you. Do not worry. It will come with time. When you hear the words spoken, you will hear them as if they were yours. Spoke. <laughs> that, that immediately punctures the mood. Like, Did you guys learn new languages? <laughs> and I just start speaking in Kimlish at them. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. 
Um, they can all understand I, it. I understood that before, but yeah. Bits and pieces, That's however. exciting. Okay. Mick can understand fluently now. Um, Efron, Luca, Reese, and Lyrian, you catch, like, phrases, but the more, like, colloquial terms and intricacies are still kind of beyond your budding minds. I am 100% explaining the rules to that dumb game I invented that no one else knows how to play. <laughs> and now we will play it, because I'm the only one who will know. <laughs> All <right>. Spellcasters. <laughs> Do you have any gifts for us to accompany us on our journey? My associate, who will greet you tomorrow, will bring all of your possessions left behind at the Moorland Estate. Where would you recommend we hide? Anywhere you can. To the west of here is the human city of Threshold. A place that is, well, ill-advised to travel to, especially at this time of night. The forests to the southwest of here will provide ample shelter for you. Should the elements go south? And one final question that I have, Reese says, speaking up. This being that visited me that you mentioned, it seemed to come with such ease to him. What's to prevent him from coming again? I mean, I don't see how anything has changed. And as you mentioned, they have only gained, gained strength by our actions. How do we know that we can be protected long enough? Myself and others like me will keep them preoccupied for as long as we can but as I said, time is of the essence and finding your lost friend is the only insurance that you have of ever returning home safely or living out the rest of your lives in relative peace then, and he kind of stands up and almost like the uh, choir director type (laughs) like ushers you all to stand with him he gives a very exaggerated bow, like almost going full 90 degrees. And he just says, farewell. And the next time you blink, he's gone. And like, everyone blinks at different times. And so, <laughs> for some of you, he's he's there an extra two seconds. And the, the chairs that have been arrayed are also gone. And you're in this ashen dune sea east of Threshold. Would you describe this location as hot or cold? Very cold. Okay, Luca will not rip off the gore-covered jacket. (laughs) Uh, Luca just, you know, doesn't seem like there's much to be said. He's got a lot to think about. Um, Particularly now that this cool bone dagger is just a rib again. Pretty put out by that. Um, He ends up walking towards the forest to create a sort of shelter. Alright, the forest is a ways off. Yeah, like that's 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 he is. But that's your that, goal. Yeah, the general director. Great. He's walking towards there without saying anything. You you have about an hour or so walk ahead of you. So if anyone would like to converse along the way, feel free. Yeah, Reese noticed that Efron was pretty uh, pretty uncomfortable with that whole changing form thing. Um, On that topic, I think that's a good raise of that of said thing. Do Mick and. Val retain their, I guess, true forms, or do they change back to something else? Um, Val will maintain his lack of disguised self, I guess, but will be on the lookout for any other people who could be in the area. I assume we're in... There's no one around right now, (laughs) but the instant there are people, he will put on a, a disguise, but probably not his valentine face. I think he'll prepare something 
straight fellish. All right. Great. So that's basically a ready to action. Yeah. Perfect. And Mick? Um, I go back into what everybody's used to as my Talic man base, I guess you could say. So I go back to that default. Almost oh. as if you guys don't actually know if all that happened. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then, yeah, Mick, your skin takes on a darker shade. Your hair fades to black and your eyes are a nice deep set brown. You have strong facial features, a bit of a stubble. And are, as you once were, still in the dress. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> How do I do what? That, what you just did. And then I will cast Disguise Self immediately to look exactly like her dress and all. <laughs> oh, you nice. could do the outfit too? Oh, yeah. You are Dang. still wearing that dress then. Does it still fit you or has it bursted a couple of seams? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I'm pretty slender. I got a nice frame. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. Mick is a pretty, you know, he's a slender man, so he might be able to squeeze it in there. Um, showing a lot of cleavage right now. I'm uh, not, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, a lot of man Freddie Mercury style, like the leotard, you know? <laughs> that man down. is, yeah, he's beautiful. So, yes, <laughs> I say yes. Um, so, yeah, Val just posed his question. So, you look like a Talic man in a dress? Mm-hmm. One might say it's part of my nature. One might say it's not part of my nature. You'll never know. Okay, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> he very awkwardly deflects the question. <laughs> the topic obviously makes Mick very uncomfortable. <laughs> I will drop that disguise and I will look like Reese instead. <laughs> because why not? All right, so as this whole like charade is going on of them changing and everything, Reese goes up to Afron. Where's Afron positioned in the whole company of people walking towards the forest he is uh good ways ahead of everybody okay kind of keep him to himself so reese catches up to him and he just kind of walks alongside him for you know a a little bit in silence leans over to him and says ifran i know you are probably very confused and probably have more than a few questions for us and I understand that your trust in us might be wavering. Mick is actually one of us. And when I say one of us, I mean a a person from our world. The reason why we did not disclose this earlier is because her, her race is that of a changeling, as we call them. As you have seen, she has powers to become any identity that she assumes, and, well, at least in our culture, it's a very sensitive thing to reveal one's identity as a changeling. Out of respect for her, we agreed not to reveal her to you. It was by no ill intent, and there is nothing else that we are hiding aside from that fact. I think it's safe to say that Val, who's as Reese, <laughs> overhears this. Oh. Just because uh, pertaining to Mick, okay. who you recently or just kind of had that little whiff. Efron takes a moment to gather his thoughts. Please. To say that my trust in you all is wavering is somewhat of an understatement. I would say it is largely non-existent. Count Algir was a bad man. 
And it was a very dangerous situation that we were put in. And I find out that the people that I've been traveling with have been keeping secrets from me. Have been untruthful with me. And now I am supposed to trust them with my life. I am supposed to go to the heart of the Kinlands with them. Which, by the way, are not very welcoming to people of our kind. There is one here that could get along. But the rest of us, humans, changelings, whatever you are, I do not think they will look kindly upon us. Yet you tell me I am supposed to sit here and trust you. That, oh, it was out of respect. Respect for Mick. Well, I have known Mick for a long time. And Mick has lied to me for a long time. Mm. It does not feel like there was much respect. So I will go with you. Because powers higher than us have asked it of me. But not because I trust you. And not because I think you keep good company. Reese just kind of nods his head. Very well. But I hope in time we can re-earn your trust. And then he turns and falls back. Then if there's no other further objection, the rest of the night, at least in your travels, passes by rather unceremoniously and uneventfully. As you reach the borders of the forest, the dunes of ashen sand fade into a low-lying scrub and brush that then continue to meld into a more fern-like foliage as you enter the forest itself. Luke is going to try to set up a camp-type thing, shelter, lean-to against a tree or something. Doesn't have a lot of supplies, but he's going to try something. Yeah, roll survival then. Oh, no, es bueno, amigos. That's a three. Okay, you... <clears throat> you know when Michael Scott goes to survive in the wilderness... <laughs> <laughs> I cut off my pant legs and duct tape them back on. See, perfect shelter. You can also use it for a tent. Your turns into a, like a hat. There we go. Your survival skills are on par with Michael Scott's. Upon seeing this, I'm like, let me help you, my good friend. I think it looks very nice. <laughs> and I am so good at helping you that I just get ten. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> Mick essentially like brings over. You have like taken a branch and put it against a tree, and then like laid some pines on top of it. And Mick basically just comes over with a second branch to extend <laughs> your shelter an extra three feet. Even better. <laughs> it's twice as nice now. Reese got a twenty survival check to try to start a fire for the group. Uh, Reese briefly takes off his mask and starts a fire almost instantly. <laughs> <laughs> um, could I? cantrip message Reese. Yes. Okay. Val says, I couldn't help but overhear your conversation. Are you from somewhere other than here? You hear a very loud sigh coming from whatever the other <laughs> end is. <laughs> and Reese just replies, we can discuss this later in the morning. I think we're all very tired. If you say so. But Yes. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I just want to know, does Ifran keep toward the camp where everyone has now sort of settled, or does he keep to himself? He's keeping to himself. Okay. I think after helping Val as well would kind of 
separate himself from the group just because they don't know him and have no reason to yeah. necessarily welcome them him in. So he'll just kind of sit a little further away, but look very eager to be like, hey, guys, <laughs> if you wanted to invite me to your fire, I would say yes. Like the dancing lights just keep coming over and then extinguishing <laughs> he, like, and then he keep sends over. the Archduke over and is like, <laughs> be nice. <laughs> and your barn owl kind of like just pads along by the fire and looks at each of them in turn. He's very cute. I know. I want to pet it. <laughs> so I will find as much wood in the forest as I can that I need to make this happen. Let me read this spell. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I can, I'm going to just create out of this wood like a 10 foot empty box cube that we can all sleep in. I'm casting fabricate. <laughs> I like how you don't put it on top of us. It's like us to be in. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> so what you see is Val just like, like he's like, oh, right. And gets up and just starts gathering wood. And then that probably takes a good while for him to gather enough wood yeah. to make that happen. And then like an hour later, he just goes and there's a box. And then you see Luca look up from his tiny two <laughs> stick lean to against this tree. Just look over at Val's box. Look at his two stick lean to. Looks between the two of them for a sec. One of the sticks falls over. <laughs> One of the sticks falls over and he just really just walks so, towards it. So with with the food, Lyrian grabs some of the food and uh, takes it over to Ifran and says, you need to eat and tries to hand him food. Ifran takes it. He's not a total jag, so... Uh, I, no! <laughs> smacks it out of your hand. Anyway. After he hands Ifran the food, he actually... Lyrian sits down and just sits quietly next to him, eating and, his own food. And, as a note, Ifran does thank you for the food. Right. So, yeah. Lyrian has prepared food for everyone that wishes to partake of that. Val has constructed a adequate shelter for the night and if no one else wishes to do anything then everyone retires to bed before we go to sleep i do kind of like scooch over to make and i go do you really want to learn the rules to my game <laughs> oh honey i already know the rules to your game <laughs> great <laughs> and the night passes by again uneventfully yeah, that all counts as a long rest, by the way. <laughs> Yay, spell slot! For, for mechanical purposes. As morning comes, you hear the sound of wood being chopped with an axe. Like, and looking out, uh, if anyone wants to look out of their shelter or from where they were sleeping, near the edge of the little clearing that you've made your camp, there's a stump. And upon that stump are bits of wood that have been you know, pretty finely prepared. And there is a stout man there who is chopping said wood with a large hatchet. So Lyrian's already awake at this point. He's been awake for the last few hours. He only needs to sleep or meditate for four hours. Right, right. You're so like, did he just randomly appear out of nowhere? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like one moment he was there and you kind of turn to look back. And the next moment there's a guy chopping wood at the edge of your clearing. All right. Uh, Lyrian's a bit taken aback and he's kind of nudges Reese uh, to wake him up and then he goes to investigate. 
Right, so as you stroll over to the man, you see that he looks similar in appearance to Ifron. Uh, he seems to be of an Americ descent. His skin is a bit of uh, a lighter color than Ephron's, but still retains these sort of flecks of gold that pattern throughout it. His eyes are a brilliant silver, and as he turns to look at you and smiles, they, they shine in the light. His head is shorn. He's completely bald. But the rest of his exposed body, for he's only wearing a pair of light trousers, is covered in this black hair. Are you the one that was sent by the Wanderer? I am, yes. You may call me Masimato, or Masi, for short. Just in the background, since Lyrian had tapped Reese on his way out, Reese is now approaching from behind Lyrian. I, I'm at a disadvantage here. Uh, I am ill-acquainted with you. I was simply ordered to come here and help prepare. I did what I knew what to do, as he says, gesturing to the wood. Yes, uh, my apologies. I am Lyrian. Good to meet you, Lyrian. And you, my well-armored friend. Reese uh, tentatively puts a hand out to shake his hand. Does he uh, extend? He does. He grips it and gives you a good, heavy shake. And Reese just says, I'm Reese. Do you have our equipment? I do. And he just motions behind him where there is the sealed box that you had stowed your equipment in. And then also the different packs that Mick and Reese had left behind. For Val, was there anything that you had at the party that you may have left somewhere else? Like a tank? Mm. Literally. Yeah, like an M16. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do have one of those in my arsenal. Um, I think I generally carry most of my, like, equipment with me, but I imagine I would have put my backpack and all that garbage in whatever room was there. And I would like to have that back. Then that has been returned and is amongst this pile. Great. I haven't come out yet, so I have no idea what's going on, but I'll be very excited to see my lovely backpack. (laughs) I mean, Lyrian's pretty happy to see all this stuff, like his his armor, his pack, everything that he had besides... Besides some fancy clothes. (laughs) Fancy clothes and a halberd. That are probably dirtied or bloodied in some way. Yeah, Reese is covered in blood. So, uh, (laughs) Reese seeing these supplies behind him. Very well. Well, you are welcome to come into our camp. We will bring these supplies in and introduce you to the others. And he kind of just motions for the man to enter. I thank you kindly. Please, lead the way. Reese does so. Well, he goes and picks up his stuff and whatever else he can carry, and then motions for Lyrian to help him carry the chest into camp, and then leads him in. So if Ron is probably awake at this point, yeah, at the I end mean, of the camp. After the commotion and stuff, people talking, lifting boxes, Ron wakes up and he sees what's going on. And then where do you lead this man? Just in front of the shelter that Val built? Yeah, just, yeah, pretty much the center part of it where the most people are congregated. Is it safe to say that everyone is sort of awake or getting up to their feet by now? Yes, Mick awakes and he says... <gasps> Oh, our stuff is here. The Wanderer did deliver. And that's all he says. And then he gets her stuff. Um, Val will disguise self into, I don't know, some sort of blonde, general, generic, fellish individual at hearing voices he doesn't recognize, mm-hmm. just to be on the safe side. And then will exit the shelter. And Luca? Luca stands up, the dried blood on his fancy clothes cracking as it's broken into smaller pieces, some flaking off. And he gets up, 
He walks outside, um, and he sees his items and a new person who is also human, I believe. Yes. Similar looking to Ifran. To be totally honest, he just kind of like shrugs at this point. He's like, well, I can't get 110% effed, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> guess I'll pick up my stuff. This Emeric man who stands at about five foot four, just for your reference. So, so yes, you, you are all then witness to this new addition. Like I said, an Emeric man, gold speckled skin, black haired chest and arms, shorn head and silver glinting eyes and a wide smile and a welcoming one to boot good morning my name is amasi it is a pleasure to meet you you as well you may call me val val yes yes i am sorry but i only know the two of you so far lirion and reese the others i'm sure we can acquaint ourselves on the journey but it would be expedient for us to pack this little shindig up and head west to Threshold. Much awaits us there. The Wanderer has told me so. Well, I don't think we have very much else to do here, so lead the way. Should we disassemble this hut? <laughs> or just leave this giant cube of wardens of woods? He, uh, Masi kind of hefts his axe. He's like, I would be inclined to do so. Feel free. Have at it. And he just starts, like, going ham, like, hacking away at this wooden structure that you magically constructed. Val applause. Reese joins in with him with his greatsword. <laughs> Luca does not. But he does. He pulls off the other clothes. He, he cleans himself up as much as possible. And he, you know, he's, he's dressed in his, his leather? Yes. Possibly padded. Probably leather armor. Again. Mm. Um, and he's just ready to travel. He's got... It's, he's better than he was yesterday. He was he was pretty confused and waited on yesterday, but today's he's uh, a bit more focused. And mixed back in his sort of bardic performance attire, loot and all. Of course he is. While well, you guys are talking, sound. yeah, I know, right? Mick slipped back into his wonderful outfit, and then I go to, and what is your name? And he kind of wipes sweat from his brow as he finishes hacking up this wooden structure. He's like, my name is Massey. And I go, my name is Mick. Charmed, I presume. And then I put a little hand to him so that he can hold it. <laughs> he he takes it and it gives it a little kiss. Just what I expected. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> no, I Did know, you expect anything else? <laughs> no, that's why it was so great. Because you said not, you know, charmed. It was just charmed, I presume. You must be charmed <laughs> by me. Please. <laughs> Delightful. Val is charmed by Mick. <laughs> yeah, was, was not on the receiving end of that. Definitely still charmed. <laughs> and so, hefting his axe then across one of his shoulders, like full-on Paul Bunyan type, Mossy's just standing there Excellent. and he's like, Well, shall we be off? Yes, let's go. Great. I assure you, quite the adventure awaits us. There will be danger. Yes, yes, yes. Plenty of it. Whether you survive, of course, is in your hands. I know this. Believe me. The Wanderer has told me so. And the Wanderer will make it so. Onwards, my newfound friends. And he turns on his heel and just heads off into the forest. <laughs> <laughs>